Good morning. I am excited to bring to you for the first time ever the Knowing Jesus podcast Christmas special. <laughs> it brings me so much joy, and I think it's kind of quirky and fun that I get to call this a Christmas special. I don't know why, but it makes me very happy. I have no idea how many episodes we're going to have. I'm going to cram in as many as I can, uh, but I'm excited to do this with you. Without further ado, welcome to the Knowing Jesus Christmas special. Today we're reading Luke chapter 1, verses 5 through 25. When Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife Elizabeth was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all of the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. One day, Zechariah was serving God in the temple, for his order was on duty that week. As was the custom of the priests, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside, praying. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son, and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth, and he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Zechariah said to the angel, How can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. Then the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah to come out of the sanctuary, wondering why he was taking so long. When he finally did come out, he couldn't speak to them. Then they realized from his gestures and his silence that he must have seen a vision in the sanctuary. When Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. Soon afterward, his wife, Elizabeth, became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. How kind the Lord is, she exclaimed. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. As we move in to the processing part uh, for today, I want to encourage us all to be wondering, what do these stories tell us about our Father, um, the Holy Spirit, and Jesus? I think it's interesting that in verse 6, the Bible tells us that Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all the Lord's commandments and regulations. It's interesting to me My mind goes two different directions. So we got Zechariah, Elizabeth, they're righteous, they're following God, they're clearly trying to seek him and serve him, and they're devoted to him. An angel comes to Zechariah 
And even though he's this righteous man, he struggles to have faith. And in no way am I trying to put down Zechariah. What I'm trying to do is lift all of us up, actually. It's so easy to see the people of the Bible as perfect, and then we can't relate to them, and then we can't see ourselves in the story that God is still writing to this day. We can think about Abraham. Very similar story here, right? Abraham and Sarah are promised a son. They're promised a child. And they both say, we're too old. We we don't believe this is going to happen. Or at least they seem to waver back and forth. Sometimes they believe, sometimes they don't. Sarah laughs and, and Abraham questions at various times in their stories. And yet, as we fast forward in the story, at least for them, I believe Paul calls them, or the writer of Hebrews potentially, says that um, they were considered righteous and unwavering in their faith, which is such an honoring statement to say, clearly they questioned, and yet they were their faith was credited to them as righteousness. They had faith enough. And that's a beautiful concept, faith enough. Right? I don't know about you, but it's so easy for me to think that I have to have 100% faith. I can't struggle, I can't waver, I can't question, I can't doubt. And as we'll continue outside of this special and see others who struggle and doubt and how Jesus encounters them and loves them and doesn't shame them, it's okay to wrestle and doubt and question. But are we taking those questions to our father and to our our brother Jesus, or do we just let them fester because of shame, because of fear? So anyways, coming back to the story, Zechariah Elizabeth, righteous, and yet Zechariah is doubting. An angel tells him, you are going to have a son. And he says, I'm too old. This isn't possible. Tell me how this possibly can happen. And at this, he is, I don't know if the term is rebuked or challenged or disciplined, whatever. He is confronted by the angel and saying, you should have had faith. I stand in the presence of God. This is going to happen. Got ahead of myself a little bit there because it's interesting that the text even tells us that as Zechariah sees the angel, he, like every other person that sees angels in the Bible, is petrified. He's scared. It's overwhelming to see an angel. Uh, side point, when we, we uh, American culture has come up with these like fluffy little Cupid cute angels, those aren't what angels look like. Uh, every person in the Bible that encounters an angel is scared. And it's not because they're bad, they're not creepy, they're not evil. It's the idea that they are so bright and so holy and so other that our brain, it's, it's seeing into another dimension, quite literally, and our brain can't handle it. And so it's frightening and confusing. And so we see every time that an angel encounters a human being, the first thing they say is, don't be afraid. And it's followed in this context with, God has heard your prayer your wife, Elizabeth, will have a son. I don't know why. For some reason, it doesn't bother me personally. There's many things in the Bible that that I do struggle with. This area for me isn't difficult that Zechariah is not allowed to speak for like, I don't know, I guess maybe nine months. That, That would actually really suck. I just realized that he doesn't speak from the moment he realizes he's going to be told, he's told he's going to have a son to then after the son is, is born. So nine months would be difficult to be mute. Uh, I, I just processed that in real time right here. But I know others have been like, oh my gosh, like this seems just too harsh. It is a challenge. It is a difficulty. Do I know why in the world God is doing this? I don't. But we do see, at least in the text right here, that others start to wonder and I think it has the, the original meaning of that word of, of awe and curiosity 
And just like we would call God is wonderful, he's full of wonder, and, and it just makes us be still and curious and maybe even longing for what he is going to do. And we see others in this text start to be curious what is going on with this man, with this family, and ultimately with this child that's being born. So for lack of a better term, I'm not trying to just make put a bow on it, uh, but this difficult trial that Zechariah is given, this, this short-term natural consequence for not believing, does lead to God's glory and people being curious and, and zooming in, if you will. It's like the camera is zooming in. To, this is an important moment. Something is, something's happening. This is, this is out of the ordinary. And so everyone should stop what they're doing and be curious. Why is a man mute? Why did an angel come to him? Why, why are these barren people having children? And as we're going to see, it's because this man is going to prepare the way for the Messiah. Everyone should be holding their breath. Everyone should be in that suspense. It's like the, you know, the, it's like the, the movie where the, the music's you know, rising and no one's saying anything and everyone's on the edge of their seat. What's going to happen next? This is that moment. And then near the end of this segment, we see that uh, Zechariah's wife, Elizabeth, has a say in all of this too. She says, how kind the Lord is. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. Now, this is something we might miss because of our uh, different context. Back then, sadly, there was so much more uh, misogyny and you know, women's value was based on giving childbirth sometimes and often. Um, and so that is something that's corrupt, that's not right, that's not good. Men and women have value and dignity regardless of their fertility. And yet, God takes away her pain and disgrace. She wanted and longed to have a child, and she is seeing his faithfulness. Uh, this reminds me of Hannah in the book of, uh, of Samuel. This reminds me of Sarah in the book of Genesis. These women who have cried out to God, and he's heard their prayer. And even um, with all of the, these women and their children, uh, some of them even said intentionally, Hannah specifically was like, please give me a child. I will devote him to you. And all of these children are ultimately very specific for God's purpose. And this child, he's going to lead the way uh, for the Messiah, for people to see Jesus. Hannah's child Samuel was a significant prophet that helped turn the people of Israel back to God and prepared a way for, for David, a very good king, a, a foreshadowing, very you know, broken, but foreshadowing a, a, of, of a Christly king, a man after God's own heart, but he falls so short. And Jesus is a God-man after the Father's heart and doesn't fall short. And his kingdom has no end. So again, I want to invite you as we wrap up to one, see the humanity of these characters, these faithful, righteous people that still struggle to believe, that still struggle to have faith, God's provision for a woman who's longed for a gift for a long time, her rejoicing in that, the people who are wondering and curious what is happening here, and the Father providing a, a, a messenger who will go before him, go before his son to prepare the way for his son, Jesus. Jesus. 